the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 492, Mr. Samich. Travers Weekend, huzzah! Hey, now. Uh, apologize for the late start, everybody. That's entirely my fault. Um, if you're watching us live, if you're watching Twitter, you know, first of all, I forgot that we were starting at 4 p.m. Eastern today. Uh, up until it was 3.59 p.m., I went, uh-oh, <laughs> we're going to show in one minute. So, script. I done all the handicapping and everything, but uh, actually getting ready for the show and, like, setting up the Equibase tabs and the, the background and, and all that, and actually showing up in the room here, being dressed, you know, these are all things that I had to do very last second. Yeah, and to be fair, it's the second time you forgot we were doing it at 1 o'clock today as well. You forgot this morning, <laughs> but I had to remind you, too. So, twice today you forgot we were doing this puppy at 1 o'clock Pacific. I love the uh, the stick to itness, the attitude there, magic. Way to go, buddy. Uh, listen, I it's it's been a it's been a week. Uh, it's been about two weeks. You know, yesterday was the first time in two weeks that Colson went back to school after we got COVID from the Taylor Swift concert. So, still, we're just, things are finally returning back to normal, except for the fact that we're now doing a not normal sequence for this. This is the multi-day pick six. This is all grade ones from Saratoga. Starting Friday with the personal ensign, and then all five grade ones on Saturday. It's a 20 cent base, so a lot more affordable if you want to play this, and also a 15% low takeout, which I don't know what Saratoga's pick five takeout is, but 15% is really nice no matter what you're playing, Mike. Yeah, 15% is solid. Uh, the pick six takeout, the one day pick six, I believe is 14%, uh, but that's a dollar denomination, so a little easier here to go with the 20 cent denomination. Uh, it is, it could be chalky, not gonna lie. Uh, we've yep. got Every single favorite with a five in their number, which means that there's blank to five is uh, coming up. And every oh. single, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, elite power is one to two. So outside of elite power, who's sub even money, everyone else has a five in their favoritism. Uh, let's go over under four and a half favorites win these six races that we're covering. Oh, under. It's, I mean, Saratoga is the graveyard of champions, right? And it's Traverse Day. The, the real question, and I guess we'll figure it out as we go along, is which race do we think is most likely to produce the bomb? We can talk about that. Uh, when we get to them but yeah some of these seem very chalky you'll see with our, our tickets i have a just a 20 center mike has a 20 center and a five dollar so that is a five that's a 25 times ticket wow five dollar ticket will cost you 10 bucks to play <laughs> and it'll pay 25 times what the payout is if and when it cashes yeah yeah i mean wow. it, let's let's like let's be honest here i i this we've seen this consistently on saratoga days it chalks out on the on the big days there. We yep. saw it two years ago on Travers, saw it last year on Travers. It has been a chalk fest on a lot of these days. And again, you have that similar scenario here because you've got, you know, like Forte who's seven to five, probably the most vulnerable favorite in the sequence, right? And that's a seven to five favorite in Forte. You've got Stone Age who's sitting at six to five, Elite Power one to two. You've got Nest at four to five. I mean, these are Breeders' Cup level horses that are running in small fields. I mean, these aren't fields of 12 mm -hmm. that they're facing either. So trip trouble shouldn't be a big issue here. It means that if you're going to play this thing deep, you've got to pick one or two you think you're going to lose and try and hit the ones you think you're going to win because you're not going to get through six favorites here. At least two of them are winning. That is 100% certain. Um, yeah. And then you've got to decide, okay, where am I going to try and get around it? Or you have to absolutely pound the races that you like. And, you know, in the Nest race, there is Clarier, right? There, You know, in the Elite Power race, there is Gunite. There are other options for you when you go through this. Good Night Olive taking on Echo Zulu, two horses that both have fives in their number. So if you take a stand in those races, you can create some type of value, but you got to be singling a lot through this thing. That's why I have five singles on the $5 ticket. 
Yeah, the uh, this. I mean, the, <laughs> you also like. There's the question of like favorites that are morning line favorites that'll lose versus post time favorites too. Because like, if you look at the Jerkins, for example, you've got Arabian Lion at two to one. Uh, New York Thunder's five to two. Fort Bragg is five to two. And I think Arabian Lion goes off as a favorite. But the point is, there's small fields, but there's very rarely a situation where you have an overwhelming favorite. Like even the Traverse, right? Forte seven to five. Archangel's five to two. It's not that huge of a discrepancy uh, in the morning line. But we got six races to talk about. We have a lot of agreement, uh, but we'll still have some disagreement if you're watching us live let us know in the chat who you like for each race let's get into it buddy riders up All right, Mike, here we go. Kicking off the all-grade one two-day pick six at Saratoga. Let's go to Friday, August 25th for race nine. That's the personal ensign stake. Six older fillies and mares routing a mile on the eighth. The rematch of the shoevy between Nest and Clarierre. Who's your top pick? Well, let's start out with this. There's an 80% chance of rain tomorrow at Saratoga. So, of course there effing is. Yeah. Of course there is. It's supposed to be sunny on Saturday, but there is an 80% chance of rain. It's supposed to start raining late this evening and rain through the morning. So we'll see what happens here from a condition perspective. I would expect there's going to be some moisture in the track. Um, that doesn't really affect any of these horses. These are all horses who are very, very good on an off track. So to me, it doesn't really move forward or drop anyone back. Idiomatic, the only horse we haven't seen on an off track, has a 425 Tomlinson rating, which is very, very good for an off track. So I'm not going to use that to handicap this one specific race. Hopefully it's the only one we have to worry about weather. Single up nest, move along. Uh, she is by far the best horse in this race in my mind. I realize that some people are going to like Idiomatic on the inside, trying to go gate to wire. I think the fact that you have a couple other horses that want to show some early speed, at least keep her honest. And nest, I believe, is just by far the class of this division. On top of that, Look, she beat Clarier by two and a quarter lengths in the Shuvi. That was the first time off the bench for her. I mean, this is one of the most logical improvement spots across the board for Ness. Second time out as a four-year-old, second time out for Pletcher in a performance cycle. Uh, this is a, you would expect she's going to be significantly better than she was winning the Shuvi. So I think she covers Clarier. I'm not worried about Clarier. Uh, to me, Idiomatic would be the other one I consider using as a gate-to-wire threat. But I'm just going to single up Ness to move along here. Uh, my top pick as well, four to five favorite, uh, be clear air last out. Um, it, you know, if you want to try and poke holes in Nest, if you can even, you'd be like, well, she's only, she's never been on anything less than a, a wet fast track, right? And she was, she was wet fast for the Ashland that she dominated, wet fast for the Kentucky Oaks where she ran a good second. Um, everything else has been fast for her. Like, well, she's never raced on a, like, if it's going to be sloppy, she's never been in the slop. She's by curling. I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue for her. I mean, Elite Power had never run in the slop until the Vanderbilt. My curling didn't matter. Oh, by the way, AP and D mare, just in case you were worried. Yeah. Uh, so I went three deep here. I went through the three logical, I guess you could call them, choices. All three of them by curling. So you've got that going for you. Uh, next top pick, Idiomatic, uh, second up for me. Which, by the way, shout out to Dr. Miranda. She and uh, and her fiance are driving right now to Saratoga. And I think they're watching it live because she texted me asking why we weren't live at the time we were supposed to start. Uh, but she did the preview for this over RacingDudes.com and YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. Idiomatic was our top pick. And she has a very clear pace advantage, Idiomatic does, on paper. The question is, what does that do to Nest, right? Like, Nest last time in the Shuby, um sat very close to the pace and then just went right on by. But she also was facing a horse named Pistol Liza Blazin, who I think six furlongs into that race just ran out of bullets, and that pistol was worthless at that point. So 
That's point. different here with Idiomatic, right? Like, it's winner of six of nine starts. She's undefeated in five starts at two turns this year. Never been off the board. It's a huge class test, right? This is not the Delaware, the Oaks that she was, the, the grade two race that she was in, the handicap, sorry. Um, this isn't, you know, it's not that. It's not the Shawnee, but this is Brad Cox on a big day at Saratoga. I'm going to ride with this horse. I love the pace advantage she gets. Uh, and then I threw Claire Air in here too. It wouldn't shock me one bit if she won this race. Now, do I think that Ness is going to keep beating her? Yeah, but she's Claire Air throws up some really solid, uh, like super impressive efforts. Like look back at the Breeders' Club distaff. Still can't believe she lost that. I I was all over Clary for that distaff last year. She comes back this year, has been running straight. So I went five one six in order here. But I I mean, Nest is your top pick. I'm not going to poo poo that. Yeah, here's here's my problem with you going five one six. We think it's going to be a chalky sequence, and you're using the three chalks in the first leg. That that would be my only knock on the ticket construction there, just because it's just this is it to me. You really got to decide if I'm going too deep. If I'm going three deep. I've got to find some prices I like to use, right? Someone who I think will get, won't get better, get blown up. Um, to me, this is one of those spots where if Clarier beats me, if I was going to go too deep, it would be one five. I wouldn't go past one five. You might be able to talk me into the three or the four if you wanted to get a little bit kooky, mm-hmm. um, simply because I would want a price. But I would take the three or the four over the six just because I feel like if Nest runs her race, the six can't win. And then it, le- it leaves you with who else is there. And so I, I'm willing to say, okay, I'll let the six beat me. Let Clarier beat me. I, I like the idea of using idiomatic. I would try and use the three or the four if I was going three deep. Uh, the three horse that you mentioned is Secret Oath. Rodney Evans in the chat saying it'd be really funny if Secret Oath wins. I wouldn't find it funny. I'm not using her. Rodney, I did very much disagree. Yeah, no, we'll see. She's uh, like Clarier. She struggles with uh, whenever she faces Nest. Uh, 63 caliber, the four horse. That is a filly I have a very small piece of through my racehorse. I'd love it if she hit the board. That's what we're hoping for with her. Hit the board, get that grade one black type placing on her resume. That's what we need, a 63 caliber. And honestly, if she hit the board, I mean, like, look, she, if you had a betting line of exact finish, 63 caliber would be like minus 250 to run fifth, right? Because she's clearly a cut below the one, the three, the five, and the six. And she's way ahead of Mallory, the two, who's just in here to try and cash the check. So I would say that she's got a very, very good shot of finishing fifth in this race. Vicky Felker says she's going to fire a $25 straight try at 561. So you got that going for you. Uh, by the way, we have no idea who is riding the Luis Saez uh, horses. This At least as a... Oh, I apologize. Nick Feldman knows. I don't know, but Nick Feldman does. Javier Castellano is going to ride Secret Oath in this race. As far as Saturday's races go, though, I don't don't really have much insight on who, uh, who he's going to be riding in that spot. But we definitely love Nest in this race. Let's move on, Mike, over to Saturday now. We'll start with the grade one four go stakes. This is race seven, and we've got five, possibly four, older horses going to be sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt. Another rematch from last time out of Saratoga. Elite Power and Gunite from the Vanderbilt going from six furlongs to seven here. Does it change your opinion on who wins this race? Nope. No, it doesn't. Uh, look, <laughs> this is you use the two or the three and you move along. Don't use them both. I'm going to single up the three elite power, I think is clearly the best horse in the race. Well, not clearly. I think they're both Gunite and elite power, both very good horses, but I don't, I I like elite power over Gunite here. Was able to get the job done last time at six. I think the extra distance actually helps both of these horses. I don't think it affects either of them in a negative manner. I think elite power gets the job done again. This horse just, I I mean, the Vanderbilt was a great example. It looked like a Gunite was gone and elite power just like, nope, I'm going to start charging now and just gobbled up the ground and went and run, ran down Gunite that you love seeing that from a racehorse. You love seeing that competitiveness, the will to win, the want to win. You see it from Forte as well in a lot of his races. Elite power mm-hmm. knows where the line is. Elite power wants to pass horses. 
those are the type of horses I want, especially when you've seen this one go and get Gunite in the past too. It's not like we haven't seen him be able to run down Gunite. Gunite got everything his own way in my mind in the Vanderbilt. Still couldn't beat Elite Power. The extra furlong helps both of the horses, so I'm going to stick with the three Elite Power here. Top pick for me as well, going for his ninth straight win, third off the layoff, going back to seven furlongs where he's two for two, right? You got to love the fact that the horse is undefeated in two starts at the distance. Um, I did use Gunite as well, just because it was so close how they finished last time out. And, you know, going longer, I think might help him a little bit just because you now, Elite Power has to extend that kick an extra furlong. Like I said, he is two for two at the distance, but he wasn't facing Gunite in those spots. Gunite, he was beating at six furlongs. Gunite is four wins, two seconds, and six tries at seven furlongs. He can handle the distance very well. The only two times that he lost, one was his first start at age three after 244-day layoff. The other time was a Jack Christopher, who was just an absolute freak sprinting. So I'm not too worried about him. I think he the fact that they're they knew Elite Power was coming here, and then the Winchell Asmussen team just said, no, we're throwing him back in. To be the champ, you got to beat the champ. So they're going up against Elite Power. So I went uh 3-2 in this spot. Um, I see Nick Feldman is going to be uh, heavy on Gunite here. I get why he would single elite power, but I really think, I think Gunite's got a chance to take down the champ here. Uh, I mean, look, yeah, he's got a chance. I'm not going to knock you on the, he's got a chance, but now you're using the first three chalks in a six horse field with the first two chalks in a five horse field to start out a chalky sequence in a 20 cent pick six. So I, I, I like, again, I don't disagree with the, the, the horses you're saying. I just, it, to me, it's like, you kind of have to take stands here throughout this entire sequence because it's going to be. Like, look, who beats them in this race? <laughs> if they lose, they the fall track. Down. It's like, <laughs> it's, I can't, I can't make a good argument for the one, the four, or the five in this spot. So it's tough for me to then use both of these entrants here on a single ticket. Don't worry, I'll take a stand here. It won't be in this next race, though. It'll be the one after that. Race nine, the H. Allen Jerkins Memorial Stakes. We've got a field of six three-year-old males sprinting seven for boy, seven furlongs, the name of the day on Traverse Day, apparently. Seven furlongs on the dirt. Two Baffert, New York Thunder. Where are you going on top? Five dollar ticket. We're singling the Arabian Lion on the outside. Um, I, I think Arabian Lion kind of you get look, I love Fort Bragg. I've been talking about Fort Bragg since the Florida Derby, um, quite literally. So it's been almost five months, six mm -hmm. months now that I've been talking about this horse and been high on Fort Bragg. Velasquez tips the hand here, though. The fact that Velasquez ends up on Arabian Lion tells me which of the two horses are better here. So I like Arabian Lion over Fort Bragg. I respect Fort Bragg, think he could still win the race, but I like Arabian Lion on top. Um, I'm going to use Fort Bragg. To me, New York Thunder is the linchpin here. It's what do you do with this horse? We both loved this horse like three times when it entered, and it scratched each time. Finally got to run. Horse won for fun. Pops a 110 buyer. Absolutely phenomenal. Looks incredible. Waters get a little deeper here, like a lot little deeper. Uh, I don't know if I can – I actually can tell you. I can't back New York Thunder at 5-2 to two against this field after – the little seasoning that we've seen in the fact that, look, it's real possible New York Thunder bounces off that effort. It's going to get real pace pressure from Drew's Gold if Drew's Gold breaks. Fort Bragg and Arabian Lion aren't going to be five, six lengths back. Uh, this is a lot more difficult field. I did go three deep. I used Fort Bragg and Arabian Lion in the 20-cent ticket. I singled Arabian Lion in the $5 ticket. And then I used the three verifying, who I think is interesting here with the just plethora of speed signed on for a horse that's cutting back, that has shown speed going longer and should have a good kick coming for home going seven furlongs. So I like the six on top, but I went three, four, six in the 20 cent ticket. 
Uh, we're going to agree on the two uh, Bafferts for sure. Verifying is an interesting one. Uh, you know, after the Indiana Derby, which he barely won over Ray's Kane, uh, Brad Cox said the jockey that day, Marcelino Pedro, as a junior, came back and said, I don't think he wants to go that far, like, ever again. And Brad was like, yeah, I don't know that he does either. So, I cutting him back to one turn. I told you that on Derby Day. <laughs> yeah, I think we've been saying that for a little while. But it's like we've been trying to say for months that you should put blinkers on Tappet Trice, and they finally decided to try and do that one. Um Listen, I, I use New York Thunder because this horse is just so freaking fast. Now, I want to ask you, what do you make of the fact that he's like he was working bullets like crazy on the dirt and then he wins the Amsterdam and he's had two works since then and they're 52 seconds flat for four furlongs. He doesn't have any bullets, nothing super fast. Is that something that handicappers should be worried about or is it just like there? Do you think more that Delgado was just trying to take it easy uh, on the horse after what happened? You know, how fast and how huge he ran in the Amsterdam? Think about the best sprinters in the world. You couldn't really take it easy when they worked out. They were just fast. And that's kind of what it felt like with New York Thunder. Every step of his career, he's just been fast. Except for those last two works, which is after a career best effort against graded company for the first time, we absolutely blew the doors off him. I, to me, it's a little bit of a concern that those two works aren't just slow. They're slow, right? I mean, we're talking yeah. 52 off of 46, which he went before that race. One of the reasons we both loved him. Also don't love the fact that we scratched out of two races to get into that one and then pop a huge number. It immediately makes me think this horse has some trouble every now and then getting to the racetrack. And now we're coming back at a quicker pace than we have in the past with those workouts. I, look, you got, what was it? Five to one that day, New York Thunder one against uh, yeah five to one yep just drew's gold and nothing and now mm -hmm. you got to swallow five to two against arabian lion fort bragg verifying andrew's gold ah the, the price is wrong here bob <laughs> it might i have a feeling this is going to creep up a little bit uh maybe three to one or something i think arabian lion's going to get hammered uh, i am curious michael Owison in the chat um he said he's going to have a worse pace scenario for new york thunder than last time the only pace horse that might screw with him this time is Drew's Gold, and Drew's Gold was in the race last time, and it didn't really bother him. So I don't, I don't really uh, agree with the pressure up front angle there. But let me know, let me know in, in the comments what you are uh, thinking with that one. I mean, do you think that uh, you know New York Thunder goes right to the lead, and Drew's Gold tries for a little bit to stick with him again? Well, okay, Drew Gold, Drew's Gold has to go harder than he did in the Amsterdam. I, I think that Jose Ortiz that day thought there's no way New York Thunder can actually do this, right? Because New York Thunder went 22, or 21 and 2, 43 and 2. I mean, that's just blitzing, right? Blitzing a half mile. Now, they went six furlongs in 107 and 3. So he started to slow down that middle half mile, and they came out in 114. Racehorse time, don't get me wrong. But he was not going as fast late as he was early. And if he goes 21-43 again and comes in in 107 and then finishes up in 120-ish, well, he'd probably finish up in 121 based on what he's doing. He's going to get caught. He's not going to win this <laughs> race at 121. So I, to me, all like the other thing, you got a jockey change, uh, Gomez jumping aboard, Jose Gomez jumping aboard for Drew's Gold. He's a send jockey here. Like this is, yeah. you're just going to blitz Drew's Gold from the rail because you've already proven you can't beat New York Thunder from the rail by letting him go. So now you better go and see if you can beat him by going. To me, I think you're going to see a more aggressive ride early from Drew's Thunder or Drew's Gold, and that's going to create problems for New York Thunder. I don't necessarily think Drew's Go can go Gold can go with New York Thunder and hold, uh, but I don't think New York Thunder can hold if Drew's Gold decides to go with them either. 
Fair enough. I'll move on to the fourth leg of the all-grade one two-day pick six at Saratoga. Uh, race 10 on Saturday, the ballerina handicap for eight older fillies and mares, uh, sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt. Finally, the last seven furlong race. We've got four straight seven furlong races here, Mike. We're going to get away from it after this. This is the Breeders' Cup winning run for the Philly Mare Sprint. The top three finishers from last year's Philly Mare Sprint show up back in this race, and also so does Sterling Silver, who happened to be ninth that day. I don't think any of us are going to pick her here. Where'd you go on top? Uh, give me Sterling Silver on top. No, I'm kidding. Um, but this is this is an ultra competitive race. This one's actually a lot of fun to handicap and look through. I think the question that I had to ask myself was, was that Echo Zulu race for real in the Honorable Miss? Because if that race was for real, she wins this race. And I, like, I kind of feel like it was for real. She looked that good, that comfortable doing it. Uh, so I put I put Echo Zulu on top here. I, I realize Goodnight Olive's in here. I realize Mets Ray is in here, one of my favorite horses in training, one that I picked quite a few times. You've got Wicked Halo in here. you got Caramel Swirl in here. I understand why people want to take a shot in this spot. But, man, if Echo Zulu runs back to that, it's over. Like, she, no one can go with her and no one can catch her if she does that. <laughs> and I'm not a huge Echo Zulu person, but we talked about this when she was at the Breeders' Cup as a two-year-old. I didn't love her at that distance. I'm happy she's sprinting now. This is what I think yep. she is best at. Hard for me not to go with the six. So I singled up the six on the $5 ticket. That would be the, the fourth single in a row for those counting at home. Um, and then I decided to go, make sure I get this right. I decided to go three deep here because I do like a couple others in here, but I have Echo Zulu on top. Who you got? Single and Echo Zulu. Like Chris Maiello in the chat says, the name of this race should be called Flow Don't Off and You Win Challenge. Yeah, it was for real. As Vicky Felker says, yeah, we're talking to you, Goodnight Olive, who hasn't looked quite as uh, solid as last year. Uh, the one time that she lost, right, at Churchill, like, that was, she got boxed in. That was just a bad ride for my ride, because he loves to get himself boxed in on a horse that's much the best. We're talking about you, Forte. Um, I hate that race for a long time. Oh, uh, I read got his revenge on Tyler the next race. Um, but the fact that she, like, last time out in the Bed of Roses, when she was only a neck ahead of Wicked Halos, good filly, and three quarters of a length ahead of Caramel Swirl, decent filly. I'm not using either one of those in this spot. I think Goodnight Olive, we've, we're, we're seeing cracks in the armor. She is five. She's a mare. At some point, she's going to hit that wall and decide she's done racing. Uh, I think this might be the spot. I'm going to go with Echo Zulu. Gate to wire. The only time that she ever lost a one-turn race. It was the first time she ever faced older horses. Finished second to Goodnight Olive last year in the Philly Mare Sprint. So I understand if you want to use her there. But who was your third pick? You did tease that you've got an... Because I assume Goodnight Olive's the second pick you're using. Yeah, I'm using Goodnight Olive. Uh, six for seven, going seven furlongs. Love Saratoga, two for two. Echo Zulu, by the way, three for three at Saratoga. Three, two for three at the distance. So you can't really knock one if yep. you're giving props to the other for how good they are at Saratoga. Uh, I still believe in Matsurea. I believe in Matsurea multiple mm -hmm. times. I've used her multiple times. She's won for me multiple times. I don't think she is a cut below any race we've seen from Echo Zulu or Goodnight Olive, except for the last race we saw from Echo Zulu. So <laughs> if for some reason, that race isn't real. If Echo Zulu cannot re return to that form, Matsurea to me is the most likely horse to pull the upset. Um, I, I do like Goodnight Olive, but I think Matsurea and Goodnight Olive are about the same horse. You're getting six to one, nine to five on the other. So I'm not really interested in giving up a price on one. Goodnight Olive, also a Chad Brown dirt horse. I've, we've talked about this quite a bit. I'm not a huge Chad Brown on dirt guy. Uh, I think he does... Good work, but not great work, and often gets overbet because his name is Chad Brown. Uh, so I ended up going three deep here. Give me the two, the six, and the seven. I think they're the only three that can probably win this. I think Wicked Halo has a shot at getting a piece, as does Carmel Swirl, but I don't think either can pull off the upset against all three of them.
Yeah, keep Wicked Halo in third. I think she's a, a not necessarily a lock to get third, but I think she's got a very strong chance to uh, hit the board there. Matarea is second up for me, and this is the one that I'm actually most worried about beating Echo Zulu, not Good Night Olive, um, because when she fires her best, Matarea is damn good. And I know she won the Derby City Distaff when Good Night Olive got held in and, and boxed in, but um, she on her best day she can look incredible. I think she still would have beaten Goodnight Olive that day. I think Goodnight Olive okay. was running second, even it, because Matt Terea finished up well even after that box in. I also bet Matt Terea thought she was going to win, so I'm a little biased. Did something happen in Saratoga? Aaron just asked me if we were if I'm watching it, and I'm like, no, I'm live. Like, thanks for paying attention. Uh, two minutes to race seven. I didn't see anything. I've I've been, you know, working on this podcast instead of watching the races. I know. Well, uh, hey. <laughs> he wants to know if you're watching it. Yes, Jesus Christ, Aaron. Uh, what, hey, I'm going to tell him to just tune into the show. We'll cover what's happening over here. We both love Echo Zulu on top in the Ballerina Handicap. Uh, next up, Mike, the penultimate leg of the two-day all-grade one pick six at Saratoga, Saturday, August 26th. Race 11, the Sword Dancer Stakes. This is the Breeders' Cup winning you're in for the turf. And if Channel Maker wins this race for the second time, he'll become the fourth horse ever to win a grade one race on the Naira circuit at age nine. Funnily enough, the third horse to do it actually did it earlier this year with Red Knight. All that to say, where are you going on top in this mile and a half turf route? Do you think Chandler, Channel Maker gets his own race named after him at Saratoga? I have a very, st- I have a love hate relationship with that horse. Most of it's hate. That yeah. being said, I think he needs to, well, at some point he needs to have something named after him. Yeah. Maybe give him a Belmont race, like in the spring or something. You know, something like that. I but like he, that better. He should yeah. have a, a long turf race named after him at Naira. Casa Creed should get a graded stakes. It better happen the year after he retires. But Channel Maker should get a long uh, a long turf race at somewhere at Naira named after him. All right. Who do I like here? Look, uh, not going to get creative. Single up Stone Age on the $5 ticket. Look, this is, if Stone Age runs back, it's interesting this is first in Chad Brown's barn. That to me was like the one like, hmm, thing that I kind of did here. If, if Stone Age runs back to the efforts that we've seen in North America, the Breeders' Cup turf ran second last time out. That's a winning effort. Um, it ran well in the Hong Kong base or Voss race, but he wasn't able to get the job done. I ended up running fifth there that day. The time forms of the two prior efforts, both good enough to possibly win this. Biggest issue here, this horse doesn't win as much as you probably would like it to win. Uh, but this isn't a world beater field. And to me, that was really the biggest part of this is that like, you look through and you're like, soldiers rising. Oh, goody. Can't wait to see him run third versus Putin. Can't wait to see him hang like Bolshoi Ballet. We're back, I guess. You know, don't. I don't even know why you're here. Pioneering Spirit scratched out of an allowance to run in this. Like Channel Maker. Oh, it's Channel Maker. Like this isn't a hard group to beat. Stone Age should be able to beat them. So I singled Stone Age in the $5 ticket. However, I am going to go four deep in the 20 cent ticket because I do think Stone Age is a favorite you can try and get around. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you mean? Oh, you are singling Stone Age in here. Okay, you had said Soldier Rising at the very start. That's why oh, I was. Sorry. I was going. No, that's okay. I just field was. No, that's all right. We're both using Soldier Rising. Soldier Rising is my top pick, and that's why I got really excited. Uh, two good races to start the year, running second in back-to-back Grade One turf routes, including in the Manhattan to Up to the Mark. Who I, I don't know about you, would be an easy single and move on for me in this spot if Up to the Mark yep. was in the race. Yeah, for you too? Okay, good. Uh, you scratch off that Bowling Green effort. He was right behind Rebel's Romance when that horse clipped heels through the rider. Horse then bumped hard into Soldier Rising as Jose Ortiz was slamming on the brakes. Just complete toss-out for that. Don't, don't, just like I'm tossing it up for Channel Maker because the, the favorite, the heavy favorite everybody thought was going to win fell down. I'm not going to uh, uh, 
poo poo on Soldier Rising. Uh, Stone Age, I went four deep, was the last ticket on for me, or last horse on the, uh, for this race for me. Uh, runner up in last year's Breeders' Cup turf, first start since then. So, what is that? Nine months, not almost 10 months that this horse has been missing. And what does Chad Brown do first time with him? Throws him into a grade one on Traverse Day. <laughs> okay. Chad thinks this horse is doing it. He only has five recorded works coming into this. So, that tells me that they were probably galloping a lot and, and just getting him nice and fit. So, I'm not worried about that too much. Other horses I use, uh, I went with a five Pioneer Spirit at eight to one. The horse is undefeated in four straight starts, all on the turf since Linda Rice claimed him back in March. All four wins, by the way, open length victories. Now, he was beating nothing compared to what these horses are, but this also isn't a world beater grade one, like you said. I think Linda Rice saw that and was like, ah, I'm going to put this horse in there because we might be able to steal one with this, uh, with this four-year-old gelding. Jose leaves for the one, doesn't stay with Pioneering Spirit, but his brother, who has the same agent, and it's just as damn good on turf as he is. Irad, he hops in. I'm getting Irad on a Linda Rice horse at eight to one on a big day. Yeah, I'm gonna take this. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I look, Pining Spirit makes a ton of sense to me. Scratched out. Well, let me rephrase that. If Stone Age doesn't run that well, Pioneering Spits with fits with Spining Spirit fits with the rest of these horses, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. Linda Rice scratches out of a Wednesday race to end up going into the grade one here is a huge difference in the scratch there. So we're scratching out restriction stakes to jump into here. You mentioned that the horses won four straight, all four of those on the turf, first time touching the turf, four and oh, all open lengths. Yeah, it's a jump up, but I'm willing to take a shot here at eight to one if something goes wrong with Pioneering Spirit. I think it's really interesting Bolshoi Ballet is in here because Stone Age left the Aiden O'Brien barn to go to the Chad Brown barn, shows up here, and oh, by the way, Aiden O'Brien's like, okay, you want to do that? I'll ship in Bolshoi Ballet. We'll see what happens. So I'm going to use the three Bolshoi Ballet simply because I think Aiden O'Brien's coming for this one. And then I, I like, look, Soldier Rising's the other likely horse to win this race. I'm going to end up four deep on the 20 cent ticket because I'm going to try and get around Stone Age if I can, if, if for some reason he doesn't run well. And if he does, hey, guess what? We got a $5 ticket live to two horses in the last thing. So uh, I'm going to go one, three, five, seven here. Couldn't pull the trigger on uh, Bolshoi Ballet. I I feel like they, they just sent him here. He's five years old. He's intact, so he's a potential for a stallion somewhere. But the fact that he's this old, still running in, you know, all four wins, by the way, came in his first seven career starts. He's 0 for 9. I just think that he's here because he is not of any class to be running overseas that's worthwhile. And so this is kind of like a last-ditch effort uh, to see what they can do with him. I'm Horse was triple digits last out in, in a, it was a, a huge race, $1.6 million group one. But like, do you, like, I don't want to bet an Aiden horse that was a, over 101 last out, comes over to America and no rider comes with him. Like Johnny V's riding, Johnny V's a great rider. I don't like the fact that it, like if this horse had any chance at all, you would, you think that Ryan Moore, Shamie Heffernan, somebody would have come over with this horse other than just the traveling assistant for Aiden O'Brien. So I left him off. If he beats me, well, fuck, it wouldn't be the first time Aiden beat me in this spot. Uh, I just, I'm just worried that he's going to be early speed up there with channel maker and possibly stone age, and then just completely quit in the far turn. Last one for me, give me the old guy Verstappen, the number two. Let's get back on the Verstappen train back on for me. It is just literally like getting out for the first time. Won the grade two Elkhorn at this distance over Red Knight, who I talked about earlier, was uh, the third nine-year-old to ever win a grade one race on the Naira circuit. Red Knight then beat Soldier Rising next out. Soldier Rising is my top pick. The grade one man of war, I did not like for Verstappen because he couldn't gain on the rail. If you watch the Elkhorn, he was outside of horses and he was able to explode. When he's on the rail, that's when things go wrong for him. So I'm going to take the chance that Declan Cannon learned from that. Doesn't put him on the rail again and tries to go wide off the turn. Now, he's going to be at the rear, but I think they're between the three, the six, and the seven, there's enough pace for him to close into. 
I, I couldn't get over the fact that he beat Red Knight at Keeneland in the Elkhorn. And then Red Knight went right back and beat my top pick next out. So I'm going to go with Verstappen uh, on my ticket as well here. Yeah, I mean, you should Verstappen the train with this one. I, I, <laughs> I can't. I can't with Verstappen. There, there's not a single race that he has run that beats anyone but Downton in this field. And maybe Pioneering Spirit, if Pioneering Spirit doesn't take a step forward. I just, I'd like... This just screams I'm going to hang like a mother when we're going to like try and run up for third late. I, I just, it, I can't use Verstappen. That's fair. That's can't fair. Listen, I didn't want to use Verstappen until I looked at this and I was like, yeah, shit, I kind of, I will say I would like him a lot better. No shot against Declan Cannon. I would like it a lot better if there was someone other than, a little more experience. Let me put it that way. Someone experienced in a grade one race on a big day at Saratoga. Yeah, I would need more than that. Like, you know, 10% better of a horse. Yeah, you can also ask for that. Listen, that's right. Lizzie, if you want 10% better than Verstappen, head on to the next race because race 12 is the grade one Traverse and Forte is at least 10% better than Verstappen, right? He is the 7-5 favorite in the Traverse Stakes. Seven three-year-old Colts and Geldings going, and one Ridgeling, sorry, Archangelo, going a mile and a quarter on the dirt. The Midsummer Derby, if only the Phillies could race in this against the boys. Mike, who you got on top? Oh, you're calling back to the first. That is an old, that's a 2018 first, callback. Yeah, Five years, people. First season. <laughs> First season shot there. Uh, I think we were streaming then. We were just streaming on like Amazon Plus or something. We're, it wasn't even on StreamYard yet. Uh, all right, look. I'm going to put Forte on top. I, I went back and forth. I actually like, I picked three different horses on top before I landed on Forte. So this is a race where I was more hesitant to really be like, yes. And this is the only race I'm not singling in the pick six sequence as well. Um, I, I think Forte is the best three-year-old still outside of Go Rocket Ride. We talked about that on Monday. But of the horses that are sitting in here, I think Forte is the best of them. I'm going to play against Archangelo in this spot simply because I just I, you need to prove it to me one more time, Archangelo. I don't think he's incapable of proving it to me. I don't think that he's you know he's got no shot at winning this race. But we cashed a six to one against what I was I think was an easier Belmont field than what you're getting five to two here today. And I do think Archangelo is going to take some money into this field as well. So I put Forte on top. Archangelo was a fade for me. I could legitimately make a case for five of these seven horses, maybe even six of the seven really to win. Sorry, disarm. Um, so Ouch. yeah, <laughs> caught a stray there. Uh, but I'm going to put Forte on top. And I, Mage to me is the other $5 horse. I, I think Mage is as good as anybody else in this field. I think Forte's a step ahead of him, but Mage is right there. We still haven't made, seen Mage run well with a clean trip against Forte. Maybe we'll see that now. I like the idea, idea that we're getting Flavian Pratt aboard. Now that's confirmed uh, for the Travers here to fill in for Luis Saez. I think that's, it's not an upgrade, but it's it's a lateral move and it's a very, very yeah. good jockey filling in on a horse that has a boatload of talent and that has tactical speed, which is something that Flavian Pratt is exceptionally good at using, is understanding when to hit the go button, where, how close to sit to the pace, is internal clock's very good so to me forte and mage were the must-use horses they were the five dollar they, they this is the only race i'm going too deep on the five dollar ticket and it's going to be the one in the four who do you got on top oh you know i got forte on top yeah absolutely yeah i i was thinking, i really went into this thing and i was going to single and then looked at how cheap my ticket was and because it's a 20 cent base got a lot uh i was like you know what i'm gonna i'll throw one more on here i did throw archangelo on he did beat him in the belmont he had the jump on forte and he had him measured every step. And I think to me, that's the key here. If his Castellano knows where Forte is, and you know he's going to be watching for that horse at all times, he's going to have him measured. He's going to try and keep him measured again. Forte's on the rail. I talked about earlier. Irad loves to get that horse buried on the rail. 
good horses buried on the rail and then try and show how good he is as a jockey to get them out of it. It's like, no, if you just didn't come around like an idiot, it wouldn't be an issue for you. But Archangelo beat more, multiple horses that are in this race uh, in the Belmont Stakes. It has been done before that a horse can go from the Traverse straight to, or sorry, from the Belmont straight to the Traverse uh, without, you know, a race in between and to keep them fresh. You know, he's got that five furlong work that uh, a bunch of five furlong works here, but they all look pretty consistent. He seems to be at the same spot that he was in the Belmont Stakes. Yeah, the price is five to two versus seven to one, but who's going to take money in this spot? I mean, Mage is the fact that if major won the haskell he's gonna take money but i think mage is a great horse to hit the board i agree with you i think pratt jumping on is a is a nice move it's a nice pickup there that was the best option um i just went one two in this spot i went forte i went with archangelo really honestly consider just singling forte though because i think he's just that good of a horse yeah when you go back and you watch the belmont uh, archangelo kind of got everything perfect Right. I mean, if you, if you go back, he, he goes, he sits on the rail, is able to go inside of everybody. Forte ends up four or five wide. Forte also off the three month layoff, which is well documented going into that. I think you'll see a better mm -hmm. version of Forte today than you did in that Belmont, just because you're going to see a fresher version specifically off the nice win last time out in the gym dandy. I'm going to use Scotland here too. Um, and, and I'm going to go three deep with Scotland on the 20 cent ticket for the simple reason that you got to think the national treasure of Scotland is going to go. I think Scotland is going to push National Treasure and go right to the front. It's actually faster than National Treasure. If Scotland gets loose, a mile and eighth is not, or a mile and a quarter at Saratoga, not a bad distance to be on the lead. I look at 12 to one, especially. Why not Scotland just digs in there and fights? And if, if that's the case, then I, I want to be a part of that. I, I don't love horses like Tapit Trice, don't love horses like National Treasure. I want to be against Archangelo, but I do think there's a shot. You can get the longest shot on the board home here. So I'm going to go one, three, and seven, or one, four, and seven here to close out the 20 center. Uh, I Listen, I don't hate the Scotland pick. I'm just worried about if he's really talented. And also curling into the Traverse, like that's just a, that's a, that's a move that rarely ever works out. But you're getting a good price on him. You're getting a really nice price on him at 12 to 1. Speaking of 12 to 1, a couple of horses we'll talk about here since we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Tappet Trice, 12 to 1, adding blinkers. When we were first doing this, I was about to use Tappet Trice. I was like, I can't put Tappet Trice on my ticket here. We've been saying for ages he needs to add blinkers, but I mean, Saez gave up on him, right? Saez was going to leave him for Mage. And, you know, if size, too bad size got hurt, he can't ride him. But tap it, Trice. Do the blinkers help him? And where do you think he finishes? Uh, he'd be the fourth horse I'd use. Um, so if I if I went four deep here, I would add tap it, Trice over Archangelo. 12 to 1 versus 5 to 2. Um, to me, that, that makes a pretty compelling argument just alone that the odds alone i think the blinkers are the right move we talked about this horse needing to be worked on even in the, the when we was at keeneland and able to get the win in the bluegrass Sias had to work his tail off the entire mile and what was it mile and a 16th that day uh mile and an eighth that day to be able to get mm -hmm. tap a trice to stay close to the pace and then get by like this is a lazy horse we've talked about it a lot with tap a trice how these tappet horses, they don't mentally come along as fast as they do physically a lot of times. It's why you've seen them never win a derby, but win multiple Belmonts is that extra time, those five weeks even, makes a difference when you get one more race or two more races into those type of field, those type of horses. Tappet Trice is still goofy. He's been goofy his entire life. Until he's not goofy, he's not going to uh, he's not going to get to his potential. But at any point, he could blow up and be great because that the potential is there. And adding the blinkers may take some of the goofiness out of him. And, and we've seen him, we've heard people saying he's worked out better in the morning with blinkers. Maybe that's the difference. And so I, to me, I'm not going to play him here. I wouldn't be shocked if he won and he would be the fourth horse I used if I was going four deep. 
Um, but I, I, I can't bring myself to use them until I actually see less of the goofiness on the track. Yeah, I agree with everything she said. For me, what I ultimately thought about it was like, I think why I was using him is because I have this image in my mind of him coming off the turn and here's Forte and somehow tap it Trice is just lumbering his dumb gray butt right past him. And we're all sitting there going, it's the blinkers. I'm like, what if that happens, I'll let him beat me. I can't, I, I just can't waste money on tap it Trice uh, in this spot. Second time blinkers is a good angle for horses though. So wherever he goes out of here, because he's not winning, so he's going to be a good price again. Maybe come center him second time blinkers. That's the way to do it. Uh, speaking Peter's of blinkers, next. The, uh, that's probably where I'll end up too. Uh, if not the, uh, what would it be? The Woodward? Oof. Uh, maybe the Woodward. Get him at a price in the Woodward. See if that works out for you. National Treasure loses the blinkers. When Bob Baffer said the blinkers, what made him win the Preakness? Interesting. And then he had the blinkers for the Belmont and look, distance limited against good horses. Now he takes the blinkers back off. What do you make yeah. of that? Uh, I think it's why Scotland will get the lead. To be quite simple, <laughs> I think that uh, the reason we're taking the blinkers off is so Scotland gets ahead of them. Uh, look, I think I'm surprised. It seems like the only way National Treasure wins is go gate to wire. Uh, if you go back and you look at when he has worn and not worn blinkers, uh, he wore blinkers in his maiden debut, went gate to wire, wore blinkers in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Didn't get out of the fast, but guess what? Cave Rock was in that race and wore blinkers in the Preakness and went gate to wire. Seems like it's a good idea to have this horse have blinkers on and go to the front because it's turned out pretty good when we've done that. Uh, I'm surprised they don't keep them surprised that it's not a move you want to do here going a mile and a quarter. But I, look, I think a mile and a quarter might be a little too long for National Treasure. I don't think he's as fast as Scotland. I don't think he goes out and gets the lead. We've seen Velasquez do this before, though. He has been able to use horses that are quick to get in front. And then you all of a sudden see him in the four path, forcing everybody else a million wide. And then he slows it down going into the turn and everyone backs off him. And then all of a sudden there's something left down the lane. The difference here is that national treasure doesn't have to hold off blazing sevens. National treasure has to hold off Forte or mage or tap it trice who are all better horses than blazing sevens. And I realize mage ran third in the Preakness, but let's be honest, you're not going to get the same pace. Of the Preakness and mage is a different horse than having to come back two weeks after the Kentucky Derby than he will be in that race. So, it's just a different breed of horse you're going to have to hold off if you're a national treasure here and you actually have another legitimate pace threat in the race. I'm laughing at the comments. Ethan said she just let me tap it because I'm goofy. I like that. That's a good one there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris saying the same thing you did. Johnny V doing that thing where he sits in the three path on the lead. Yeah. That could happen. I could definitely see that. I just don't think that he's I, I think that he's of that B level national treasure. That's why I didn't use him uh in this spot uh anybody actually think that mage is going to be last because time form does project him to be that way yeah if he stumbles which happens yeah we've seen that happen so like it you know uh but no the problem is tapa trice is in the race so it's highly unlikely he'll be last <laughs> but the blinkers have made him so focused in the morning mike uh, that doesn't mean he'll break <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a true yeah yeah, definitely it looks like it could be a Pratt versus Irad in the stretch. And if that's the case, give me Forte. Because like you brought up with Elite Power, you mentioned it then. Elite Power and Forte have that just reel them in, go get them, and go win this race at all costs kind of a mentality. So got that home for you. Uh, and Rodney, I want to give you a shout. I've been putting your comments up here, but I haven't mentioned it for the audio listeners. Rodney Evans has been uh, red hot the last couple of months, and he likes four, six, seven. So he's going Mage Disarm, the one horse you said he didn't think could win this race. And then Scotland in this spot. So Rodney swinging for the fences and respect, Rodney. I like that. I'm not going to do it, but there you go. 
Yeah, I just can't get to disarm. I, I like I I look at that horse. I'm like, okay, okay, but it just you kind of feel like you know what the ceiling is, and it doesn't feel like the ceiling's good enough to build a house. I would I'd be bumping my head all the time. That's gonna be over this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Saratoga's two all grade one two day pick six starting Friday with the grade one personal ensign. You should be able to find this on any ADW. I saw Shadi asking that way at the beginning of the section before we even started, but you should be able to find that. Uh, but do remember, this is a two-day thing, so you've got to try this on Friday. If you don't catch the show until afterwards, hopefully we gave you something for a pick four that you can try and put together a very pressed, a very pressed pick four ticket. There's also a middle late pick five that isn't going to include race seven, the four goal, but it does end in the Traverse, and we would actually had talked about doing that one as well. I think it's funny they call it a middle pick five. I get it's between the early and the late, but it's literally one race. It ends one race before the late pick five on a 13-race card. Not really quite the middle there. Anyways, all that to say, got off on a tangent here. Here's our tickets. We'll put them up. Uh, if you're watching, take a look down below. Audio listeners will give them out one last time. I'm going to go 156 with 23 with 456. Single to the six, 1257. 1 2 to close out. $28.80 ticket, Mr. Summage. Yeah, I'm going to go 5 with 3 with 346 with 267 with 1357 with 147. It'll cost you $21.60 for 20 cents. And I'm going to play a $5 ticket. And I'm going to go 5 with 3 with 6 with 6 with 7 with 14. It'll cost you 10 bucks for $5. And uh, you know what? I agree with Rodney's statement here. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, to beat the game, you have to take a stand and beat favorites sometimes. I yes. agree. Or you have to press the shit out of the favorites. Those are the two yes. options that you have. Like it, it's, You really can't go one or the other. So you kind of have to decide whether or not you think the favorite is beatable and if the value for the favorite is the correct value for that specific horse and either press through those favorites or you go and you try and beat them and you try and get around them and you try and find prices and stack those back to back. And even if you beat five favorites in a pick five sequence and you don't have a horse that pays over five to one, you still get paid in the pick five sequence because you beat all five of those favorites. So it's just kind of deciding when to bob and when to weave and which strategy to uh, use on specific days. Uh, I, I get uh, Nick Feldman also bringing Yeah, great point from you. I agree, Rodney. Um, I mean, I've talked you up before, Rodney, many times. I, I'm very, uh, um, I don't want to say impressed because it feels like I'm talking down to you. I'm, I'm loving to see, since you started watching us, how often you're hitting tickets now. That's what I'm trying to say. You've really grown a lot. handicapping. Yes. There you go. See, Mike is much better at the whole speaking, talking, conversation, blah, blah, blah thing going on. Nick says, I'll take anything except 2021 Traverse Day. Nine of 12 favorites won that day. Most of them were under even money. Chalk Festival, Chalk Fest, and one upset. You couldn't count. Wait. Yeah, Jackie's Warrior over life is good because then Jackie lost the next year. Saratoga, man. Yeah. What are you going to do? These days, like when you get these short fields in Breeders' Cup level horses, it can lead to chalk fests. And so like, yep. if you are taking shots against the favorite, don't hate it. Don't play a lot of money. Like, right, short tickets, chuck the favorite, play two horses, try and get around them in a couple legs. If you're going to play the favorites, don't go deep in those races. Keep your tickets tight so that you can actually be profitable if you get all those favorites home. All right, I'm trying to, Aaron's apparently in the air. And so I'm trying to, he keeps asking me questions about what's happening in Saratoga. I'm like, just pay for better Wi-Fi or take a better flight and then you can watch the races, right? You should, what, what, should, you, what should you make up? Like, what's that you could make up anything and he would believe it Ooh. oh oh, okay oh, uh uh a golf cart ran into the red spring and knocked it off they're gonna have to cancel the last races because the paddock is flooded all right we're gonna we're gonna do this you're gonna hear me typing i apologize but okay <laughs> say that that was really good i was listening to it that was say it again a naira golf cart ran into the red spring and it erupted 
and flooded the Saratoga paddock so the rest of the day is canceled. It's a, he'll believe it. Oh, Saratoga. Welcome, welcome to this year's Saratoga meet where anything is believable. Even Magic not muting himself for a full episode. God damn it, I've been so good about it. I'll show. <laughs> uh... Uh, Dr. Miranda, 90 minutes left until she gets to Saratoga. All that to say, if you're going to be at Saratoga this weekend, Dr. Miranda's 90 minutes away. Aaron and Jared will be there uh, later tonight when their flight lands. Um, Mike will be in Las Vegas watching this, which means I'm going to be the only one around here. So no live show on Saturday because I love you guys. I love doing live shows. I cannot do a live show for several hours by myself again. I did that for the Kentucky Derby, and I don't ever want to do that again. So we will have the replays and the analysis over at RacingDudes.com, but if you're going to be at the track, look for Aaron, look for Jared, look for Dr. Miranda, look for Vinny, look for Ricky. Ricky's going to be showing up, so you can go uh, see your old buddy Ricky. So make sure you go check them out over at Saratoga. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellogg. He is at Racing, sorry, at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, Corporate Overlords at Racing underscore, ra ah, oh my gosh, at Racing underscore Dudes. I think my brain just quit. I think we literally just saw that happen live on air. <laughs> uh, I think so. Oh, uh, hold on. I'm, I'm going to, okay, Rodney, I like fluffy socks quite a bit today. And we had an argument about it on dudes who bet daily because Aaron does not believe that my fluffy socks love is valid. Um, I think the pace sets up well for fluffy socks today and like consumer spending sitting there three to one fluffy socks at nine to two fluffy socks has four races that are better than consumer spending's best race. I like, I don't love this horse. I'm usually wrong on this horse. So grain of salt, but I think fluffy socks going to run big today. Yeah, we both were uh, uh, big fans of Fluffy Socks in that race, which means uh, it's probably... This has not been a good day for our best bet so far. I don't know how you're, if yours has started, but no, Papa I, Dude I, jinxed us. I picked a real sport in the NFL, and so I, uh, my, my, oh. I think it kicks off around 6 o'clock tonight, Pacific. A real sport, NFL preseason. Yeah, okay. More That's like than, jumbo shrimp. Hey, it's more real than baseball, man. Uh, well, Aaron isn't really biting on the lie, so I guess we can get out of here. Not, not, he's not, I think maybe that was too unbelievable. There was one time, I'll tell you a story a different day. Uh, I, we convinced our friend that, um, the Arizona Coyotes were playing the Detroit Red Wings in Detroit. And our friend was like, oh, I didn't know that was, this guy doesn't pay attention. I didn't know that they were playing today. And I was like, oh yeah, it actually was supposed to be in Arizona, but it was back when Wayne Gretzky was running the team. Like Gretzky got drunk last night, left the door to the, the arena open and the ice all melted. So they had to fly to Detroit real quick so that they could play games there instead. He actually you, believed that for about two weeks. Do you think if we gave Ricky a thousand dollars, he'd steal a golf cart and drive it into the Big Red Spring? I think if you gave Ricky ten, five drinks, he'd do that. And that at Saratoga, that's probably like, what, 600, 700? Yeah, that's more. That's quite expensive. Unless you just like maybe I'll walk. Well, maybe Dr. Miranda will bring him a six pack and then he'll do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dr. Miranda, let us know in the comments. Can you do that for, uh, for your old friend Ricky? Let us know down below. Let us know if you're playing the, the, the uh, two-day pick six. Put your, uh, put in the comment section. My God, I need to get out of here. What your tickets are going to be for this sequence. Thank you so much for watching, sticking with us, sticking with me, struggling with the ending of this show. Uh, make sure you check out Blinkers Off. They were live last night. Also, YouTube at Sports. Everybody covering Traverse Stakes Day at Saratoga. So, wall-to-wall -wall coverage at RacingDudes.com. Any final notes, Mike, before we get out of here? No, no. It's college football week zero. Enjoy football. Meaningful football for the rest of the year. Let's go, baby. Notre Dame Navy playing in Ireland. That's that's meaningful football right there. A country that calls football something completely different. Hosting Navy Notre Dame. Thanks so much for joining. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Save me from my misery. See ya. 
the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.